Hello and welcome to today's podcast. My name is Conan Esler and I'm here today with Carlos Gomez. Hola, hola, hola. And Tadeo Gasparetto. Hello, everyone. Tadeo, can you tell us a little bit about today's paper? Sure. Well, the paper that we're going to discuss today, its title is The Long-Run Effects of Sport Clubs Vouchers for Primary School Children. It has been published in a very prestigious journal, American Economic Journal, Economic Policy this year. And it has three authors. So, Jan Marcos from Freie Universität Berlin and Thomas Siedler from Universität Potsdam and Nicholas Zieboff from Cornell University. If you know a little bit about Carlos and my research, you know that this paper has to be interesting for us because we are really included or influenced, not included, but influenced by amateur sports in Europe. We are really interested in how to increase participation. So this paper, when Carlos forwarded it to Tadeo and me, I thought it really fits. It's really interesting and it's additionally interesting for me because I am from Germany. So in Germany, you have, let's say, a culture, maybe that's a bit exaggerated, but okay, let's call it a culture of sports clubs that are in principle open to everyone. So you pay a fee, an annual fee, and then you can go there, participate. So for example, if it's a, a football club, you go there once or twice a week, have practice, and then on weekends, you have a match. But also sometimes it's only you practice only once and you don't necessarily have a match on the weekend and you have it for other sports like tennis or basketball, handball, many different sports. But in many sports clubs, the membership or young people are underrepresented from some groups, for example, obese kids or people that are migrants. So in this paper, they're interested how to increase The participation of younger people and they look at the policy that they implemented in one state in germany the state is called saxony and what they did there is that the state sent out vouchers to 33,000 third graders and then they wanted to see if this increased participation or not so Tadeo, can you tell us a little bit about the method that they use Yeah, sure. Well, you somehow introduced what I wanted to say as well, because it started with this voucher initiative in this German state. So the policy was called like, come to sport clubs. And as you correctly mentioned, they distributed about 33,000 vouchers for memberships in sport clubs, where they were giving a kind of starter kit as well. So a t-shirt and some information letter to the parents explaining when about this program so it started in 2009 so each kid received the voucher i mean the price of the use would be about 30 euros per voucher so it had the right to go to sport clubs and give and let's say redeem this voucher and then they could practice over a year and these kids received the second year voucher as well And the program stayed for two more years, where then they changed for a single voucher of 50 euros in 2009 and 2010-11. And the program has been abolished in 2013, even though that recently they still have for a different purpose, like with adolescents and people over 50 in order to promote sports there. But in this particular research, They rely in a survey called the Youth Leisure Online Survey that it has been designed in order to evaluate the effectiveness of this program. 
And what the researchers did was they used a kind of two-stage sampling strategy where for the first step, they randomly sample 121 offices. So they sample the probability by the population size of these municipalities. And in the second step, they contact these offices and requested 80% of random sample of the target population. The target population were children, were people born between July 1997 and June 2002. So they mail a letter to each adolescent that has been sampled and survey both parents and children. They explain a little bit about the survey. It took, I mean, it's not very short. The survey took about 34 minutes on average to complete. They explained that they had about 12, 13% of the response rate. That's not so bad when I'm talking about such huge number of people that they sampled. And then they're explaining about the variables. They had three variables of interest that one about policy awareness and voucher utilization. So it's a kind of retrospective nature. So they want to understand the perception of the people about what happened at that time and something what they call contemporaneous nature. So three variables related to the sports club membership that about weekly hours, overweight, and so on. They did some kind of treatment in the data. They checked the quality of the data, the accuracy of the data, and then they explained their empirical approach. It's a pretty nice econometric analysis as expected for such kind of journal. Difference in difference models, two-way fixed effects specification, and also an augmented question with municipality fixed effects. So, guys, can you tell the results from this very interesting research? Thank you, Tadeo, for all the insights into the methods. And as you mentioned, also in this type of journal, we can expect a large number of analyses and tables. So I will just focus on the ones that I consider most important for the outcome of the paper. The main results, what they call main results, focus on the effectiveness of the program. They use here descriptive analysis and some regressions. And they saw that the treated cohorts of children in Saxony that received these vouchers had a higher awareness of the program, were more likely to have received the voucher and were also more likely to have used the voucher. This is interesting, perhaps. Awareness decreased over time, for example, after the second or third year. The rest of the models that actually try to find an effect in the long run into membership rates for sport clubs, hours of physical activity, or reduced overweight do not show any significant effects. So all these measures were not influenced by the program. This is perhaps one of the main results of the paper. Next, the authors engage into what they call heterogeneity effect. Basically here they want to check if the treatment effects differ by subgroups. And they find no evidence that the effects for these programs differed by gender or urban rural regions. However, I found one result pretty interesting, and is that all effect sizes were larger for children from higher socio-demographic backgrounds. 
It was also funny the way they accounted for uh, this sociodemographic background, very clever, if children whose parents have art at home or a newspaper. I found that really clever. I usually struggle how to find such variables and having into into account. They also find that the effects are larger for children who were attending an academic track school or for those children who were already members of the sport clubs before the campaign started. Again, here they find no significant evidence of long-term effects on membership rates, physical exercise, or being overweight for any of the treated cohorts. The next main result is probably because these were all long-run effects. They also focus on short-run effects, specifically on sports club membership rates, and they use event study regressions. Again, the authors don't find evidence that the voucher program increased a sports club membership at any of the ages that they analyzed. They included children at different ages. And this is also true when they use the responses from the parents about the children's sports club membership at different ages. So here they kind of have two different inputs. They offer some explanations into why this may happen. For example, new members would have joined the sports clubs anyway, irrespective of this initiative, or children or youth who were already sport clubs members may have used the voucher to become member at another club to do another sport. But since this survey, the YOLO does not identify multiple sports club membership, so this effect would have been overlooked. They offer several explanations. They also consider other potential reasons why the program failed to increase sports clubs membership, and they categorize them into supply side and demand side. Supply side include, for example, if the sports clubs did not have enough capacity for new members, but the authors uh, conclude that this is unlikely. Demand side explanations include, for example, indirect cost to joining a club. This means, okay, the children do not have to pay for the membership, but still the parents have to bring the kids with the car to the sports center or whatever. So these are also likely to have an effect. Finally, the paper also includes multiple sets of robustness checks that I will not go into detail and with alternative specifications, additional surveys for parents and statistical power. And the authors even include another set of objective health measures from an official health examination source that they have to complement the results. But all of these lead to the same conclusions. The program did not have the effect that it was intended for. Sorry about that. I have to say it again. I think this is a really great paper and I don't want to complain at all. From my perspective, there is one thing that I would have liked to see as well. I mean, I think that's really difficult for the authors to do, so you really have to give them credit for that. For me, I think it would be interesting to see if something regarding the social integration of the kids changed after that. Okay, I understand the physical aspects. That is really important. But those sports clubs, they are also a way for kids to integrate, or not only for kids, also for older people to find new friends. And maybe, I really don't know, but maybe this had an effect there. And this would have been interesting for me to see. 
I learned myself a lot reading this paper and since Cornell mentioned we are both a bit interested in this topic and how difficult it might be to implement such a measure, promote exercise or to increase the social integration of children. I was also wondering because this specific program targets really young children, what would happen if they target children at the later stage, let's say teenagers, when they're 16, 17. I understand that if you want to create healthy physical activity habits, you have to start early on, but all the children might have a different perspective into sports and they might create other type of long-term effects. Anyway, I really enjoyed the paper. I'm uh, really glad we could discuss it in our podcast. Cornel, Tadeo, thank you very much. This is everything for today's podcast. Thank you for listening to the weekly sports piece. Stay tuned.